Hello, welcome to the Grace Life Podcast. The message you're about to hear, if diligently applied, will absolutely change your life. We're praying that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, will give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, thereby allowing the eyes of your understanding to be enlightened. Now let's join the service already in progress with Pastor West. Welcome to Grace Life Church here in Jemison, Alabama. Glad to have you part of our service here today, uh, celebrating uh, July 4th, Independence Day. Uh, we're 244 years old. Not, well, not, I'm not, and, some, and the people here aren't, but, uh, but the nation is 244 years, which really is a very young nation, isn't it? If you think about other nations like the Roman Empire, who's you know, thousands of years old, we're just kind of a baby. Uh, I can think of, uh, I never knew my great, great, grandmother, but I knew my great-grandmother, and she was born in 1880. So if you just go back, you know, uh, this nation was 105 years old when she was born. So uh, we're, it's just, uh, it's just a, a baby, but uh, we're 6% of the population of the United States, which is a very so- small segment of the United States, but the most powerful nation on the face of the earth. And there's reasons for that, but uh, the Bible says, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, and we want God in our nation. We want God in our lives. And uh, we are blessed because of that. And so we bless you in the name of Jesus. And we pray that you have a, um, a heart of thanks uh, for this nation and for the, all those men and women who have served our nation faithfully and who have uh, given of themselves in so many ways and many who have served the ultimate price for our nation to maintain free- freedom. Freedom is not free. And we know that as Christians, that Jesus paid for our freedom and freedom was not free. It cost him his life. And we should never forget the price that was paid and rejoice in, in that and be so thankful. This morning, we're going to be teaching on vision. This is uh, our first Sunday in July, so it marks kind of the second half of the year. And uh, vision is not something that you just need to teach on in the beginning of the year. But um, uh, at all times, we need to keep the vision before our eyes. So... We're going to, uh, if you will, um, go with me to um, uh, John chapter 1, John, the Gospel of John, little John we'll call him, in the Gospel of John, and I'm going to read the first three verses. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. I'll go down to verse 4 and 5 also. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. Can you say amen? And the light shined in the darkness, but the darkness comprehended it not. I like the, uh, the fifth verse in the Amplified. It says, And the light shined on the darkness, for the darkness has never overpowered it, Darkness has never put it out, can't absorbed it or appropriated it, and is not receptive to it. So darkness cannot overpower the light of God. Amen. So we're going to talk about vision here for, for a few minutes this morning, and we'll, we, we may go through this um, for a few weeks or this month and talking about vision. It's important. How important is it? Well, Proverbs uh, chapter 29, if you, want to, if you want to look at there, um, or it'll be on the screen. Proverbs 29 says, where there's no vision, this is Solomon, in Proverbs 29 says, where there's no vision, the people do what? They perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. And uh, so we, we could ask the question, what is vision? Well, a lot of times most people think vision, we're not talking about the vision that we have with our natural eyes. Uh, but most people think that they see with their eyes, but they don't see with their eyes. They see through their eyes. True vision from God is not seeing with your, your physical eye, but it's seeing through your eyes, the eyes of your heart and the eyes of your mind and the eyes of the imagination that God gave us. That's what true vision is. I think it was Miles Monroe said it this way, and uh, a great man of God who's in heaven now. He says, sight is the function of the eyes. But vision is the function of the, of the heart and the mind. 
sight's the function of the eyes. The physical sight is the function of our natural eyes, our pupils, our optic nerves. He says, but vision from God is the function of your heart and of your mind. Proverbs 29, 18 in the NIV says, where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint, but blessed is he who keeps the law. I'll, I'll read one more. The message translation says it this way. If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. Hmm? But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. Well, I said one more. How about two more? Two more. Amplify says, where there is no revelation of God and his word, the people are unrestrained. So would vision be important? Well, there's no revelation. So vision is, one for, for one thing, it's the revelation of God and his word. So where there is no revelation of God and his word, people live unrestrained lives. But happy and blessed is he who keeps the law of God. Now we know, and we started off in John chapter 1, that we knew that all things were made by God and created by God, and nothing was made that was not made without God. So God had a plan before he acted in uh, uh, creation in Genesis chapter 1. God had a plan, and he knew exactly what he was going to do, didn't he, before he spoke this earth, or, or this, yeah, the earth into creation. Uh, Isaiah 46, 9 and 10 says, Remember the former things of long ago, he says, I am God, and there is none other. I am God, and there's none like me. I have made known the end from the beginning. From ancient times, I tell you what is still to come. So God says, don't remember the former things. Or he says, remember the former things that he said of long ago. This, he's telling Israel this. He, he says, I'm, I'm God, there's no other God. That's still true, isn't it? Oh, yeah. He said, I'm God. There's none like me. And I can make known to you the very end of a matter before the beginning of it. I can tell you what's going to happen at the end before it even starts. So it's important that we have vision. Now, uh, I'll do a little breakdown of Proverbs 29, 18, because there's several components to it. And so it's going to take some of the words of Proverbs 29, 18, looked up some of these words. The word translated vision it literally means revelation. Write the, write the vision or write the revelation. And uh, he says, if you don't have vision, what happens to you? You perish, right? Well, perish said it means to loosely stumble. So write the vision or literally write the revelation or you, or you will perish, which means you will stumble. But he that keepeth, you see the vision, he that keepeth the law, the word keepeth, I mean, I looked up all these words. Keepeth means to guard, to protect, and to take heed to. And the law means the instruction, the direction, and the teaching of God. Well, happy, you know what happy means. But it means blessed or empowered to prosper. So I took all those definitions and I, and I made my own translation. Can you do that? Well, I did it. Anyway, so anyway. Um, so you... Let's just say you could read that verse this way. Those who do not hear from God and receive His instructions loosely stumble through life. But those who take heed to and protect His instructions and directions and teachings are blessed and empowered to prosper. Amen. We want to receive the, re the revelation. And so uh, Isaiah 46, 9, 10, he, uh, the CEV said, I alone, I'm God, there's no one but me, no one like me. He says, think about what happened many years ago. He's talking to Israel from the very beginning. He said, did I not tell you what would happen long before it took place? He said, I kept my word. And so God still tells us. The Bible said the Holy Spirit teaches us all things. But he said he also tells us things to come. He's omniscient. He's all-knowing. And so uh, what God did with the Israelites, he'll do with us. And when, so we receive his revelation when we receive revelation, that's called vision. And uh, vision gives you a purpose and gives you focus. I don't know about you, but I know about me. And so I'll talk about me just a little bit. I know that the number one tool of the enemy, of course, is deception. But more than anything else that I've noticed just personally in life and in pastoring, 
the thing that he tries to do the most is to break your focus. More visions, more dreams, more plans of God have been aborted through the mind, through the analytical mind, because of a broken focus. Even from, even from people of God, people who understand the word. The enemy is a master at causing diversions. You know what I'm talking about? Causing chaos. Causing problems so that he gains our focus and he takes our focus and he distracts us. And so broken focus, I believe, is one of the main uh, keys that the enemy uses to uh, steal, kill, and destroy. Um, I want to quote to you the book of Habakkuk, chapter 2, verses 2 through 4 in the Amplified. It said, And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and engrave it so plainly upon tablets that everyone who passes may be able to read it quickly and easily as he hastens by. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, and it hastens to the end, the fulfillment. It will not deceive, and it will not disappoint. Though it tarry, though the vision tarry, you ever had a vision tarry? Wait earnestly for it, because that vision will surely come to pass. It will not be behindhand, but it will be there on its appointed day. Now, here's, here's some nuggets we might learn from Habakkuk's experience. He said, vision is for the appointed time. There's a set time here. He says, vision will surely come to pass. We need to, we, we need to get that established in our heart. No matter what it looks like, no matter what the circumstances are saying, when we have vision, which is revelation from God, we know that it has an appointed time, and he says it will surely come to pass. No matter how long it takes, he said the vision will come to pass. But he also said the vision must be clearly expressed. In other words, you, we must be very specific about vision. We must be very detailed. Uh, going ahead of myself, and we'll talk about this later, a lot of times what people call vision is not really vision, it's really just goals. A lot, a lot of church mission statements I've read, and I'm not, um, I'm not criticizing anyone, but I'm just saying to say, well, what's your, what's your vision? Well, we want to win the whole city and, you know, build a church and have a children and youth program and, and uh, you know, just grow, grow, grow. Well, that's not vision. That's, that, that's, that's a goal, maybe a worthy goal, but, it, but it's, not, it's not vision. You see, people in the world without God can have vision, but not revelation. Hmm? Revelation from God has to be truly revealed. Remember what God told Jeremiah the prophet when he was a child? He said, I have ordained you to be a prophet. And what did Jeremiah say? He said, Lord, not me. He says, he says I'm, just, I'm just but a child. He says, I can't even speak. He said, matter of fact, I'm a stutterer. The Lord says, don't tell me what you can't do. He said, I made you. He said, I'll put my hand on your mouth. like I'll put a hot coal on your mouth and you'll be able to speak and you'll be able to declare. And he says, and you will be a blessing to the nation because I will send you to the nations. Then the next verse says, God says, I watch over my word to perform it. Well, the verse, the verse I quoted, which is Jeremiah, I think, 1.12, is, is a vision. It's revelatory. It gives revelation of what will be. But he tells him in the now, he makes known the end from the beginning. He says, so don't tell me what I won't do or what I can't do or how I can't use you. He said, because I hadn't touched your mouth yet, son. So when God wants to do something, he's going to touch your mouth. Huh? He's going to have you speak words that line up with his words. That's where it comes to pass. When our, when our thinking lines up with his thinking, we now have something called agreement. God does not agree with anything that does not come from his thoughts. And, you know, Isaiah said, he said, our, our thoughts and our words are not his thoughts and his words. Well, that, that, I always say it this way. That's not a club God's keeping you out of. That's an invitation to come on in. Come on in and find out God's words and find out my God's thoughts and find out his concepts and, and find out his strategies. God has a strategy for the vision. He didn't just have a vision for it. 
He has a plan for it. He has a strategy for it. You may say, well, this, this vision could happen for me if I could get this to happen and this to happen. If I could get these people to do this and these people to do that. The problem is, is you're putting your, you think you're putting your source in God, but you're putting your source in people. Every one of us has to put our source in God. America is a blessed nation, but I know a lot of broke Americans, don't you? Hmm? I, there's, there's many homeless Americans. And so we are, we are a blessed nation. We are a blessed people and thankful for it. And that just makes us responsible to do more with. I believe that we will answer as a nation for what we did for the other nations. I believe that with all my heart. And, uh, but at the same time, our, uh, the source of our vision comes from God because it's revelatory. Remember, Paul prayed in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 16, to the end of the chapter, that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened, right? That you would receive a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. The eyes of your understanding, of your heart, would be enlightened with the hope of His calling. So God has a calling for you. God has a calling for your life. And He wants to awaken you to that call. He wants to awaken you to the will of God for your life. But he does that through revelation. I've never seen anything major done by God through God until first he gives revelation. When revelation comes, the game's on. I said the game's on. What God calls for, God pays for. I like to say it this way. If it's God's will, it's God's bill. Whatever he calls you to do, he graces you to do. You say, well, we're, we're not a nation of money or, 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 or wealth. We can't do that. Well, God may send it from another nation. But he may raise the people of, of that nation up to a standard that they never believe possible. There's wealth and resources in every nation. If you go to India... India is one of the, uh, the wealthiest places on the planet of resources. But because of their belief system and what they believe about their ancestors and, and who they worship as God, they will, many of them walk around as starving people. Truly. I mean, you can go on, you can, you can go on the Internet and see that some of these people in these nations, they're starving and they don't have adequate food. But yet they have a... A, 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 a thousand pound cow walk literally right through their homes. I mean, right in. I've I, I watched the videos. I walk, uh, one guy owned a business and a bull came right through his shop. And, uh, but they don't dare do anything about it. And uh, now you're talking about a meal from starving people. You might get you some A1 sauce or forget the sauce. It doesn't matter. But you know, that might be Uncle Ned from his second life. And he's just blessed to come back to be an old bull. So why are they hungry? Because people are destroyed for what? Lack of knowledge. And so in, in their belief system, if you're a good person, you do good and you keep God's word, when you come back, you know, you might, you know, you probably won't be a person, but you, you might be a higher class of animal. You know, instead of being an earthworm, or something like that. You know, you, you, you could be a cow bull. You might, could, you might could be a bird and fly high. Of course, you're going to have to like worms to eat. But anyway, so people need knowledge. They need, they need revelation. And that's what vision is. It's revelation. So he said, it's for an appointed time. It'll come to pass. No matter how long it takes, the, the vision must be clearly expressed, especially if it requires the involvement of others. So... So you, you can't be upset with people that you, uh, in, in a business or in a home or in a church that you wasn't willing to clearly articulate the plan. Never be upset with something that you, with someone around you. Maybe they're your helpers. Maybe they work for you. Never, maybe, maybe in a church, never be um, upset with people that you was not willing to train. So, 
First, we've got to have God's vision, which is his will. Then second, we must develop a plan of action. Thirdly, for the reason that we can accomplish the vision. These are all simple. Then we have to articulate, clearly express that vision. And the plan of God for others uh, who's going to be involved with us. And, uh, and then we trust God for the provision. So, one, we find out God's will. But then we need a plan of action. Someone say plan of action. For your vision, you see. The Bible says, we'll read it here in just a moment. It's in Proverbs 16, verse 1. It says, to man belongs the plans of the heart. To man belongs the plans of the heart. This is Proverbs 16, 1. And it says, but from the Lord comes the reply of the tongue. That's a verse that you ought to, look, you ought to give a, a, a great look at. Proverbs 16, 1. To man belongs the plans of the heart, but from the Lord comes the reply of the tongue. And uh, so to be successful, you got to have a plan. To reach your goal, you got to have a plan. To have a vision and to successfully be empowered for that vision, you got to have a vision, but you got to have an action plan. A lot of times I'm asking people, what would you do if you had this? What would you do if you had the money? Well, we don't have the money. I said, what would you do if you had the money? That's what I try to ask them. Well, we don't, we don't have the money. No one in our money, no one in our family has money. Uh, no one's ever had money in our family. I said, can I, will you please answer the question? What would you do if you had the money? See, they never, they never thought in those terms. You know, God's wealthy. And he's your father. You are the son of Abraham. Right? Through, through his lineage, and Christ comes through his lineage, you are sons and heirs and joint heirs with Jesus. That's what Romans 8 17 says. You're joint heirs with who? Jesus. So you could ask it this way. <clears throat> what is Jesus on? What are Jesus' assets? What are Jesus' resources? Oh, but you don't understand. I live on, on, in, in, a, in a poor nation. Did I, did I tell you the earth is the Lord's? And the fullness thereof? Oh, but you don't understand. I do understand. I understand the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. I understand that if you're a person of faith, and you know how to speak the word of God out of your mouth. When God caused this world to come to pass by the words of his mouth from that which was in his heart, everything that he created heard him and it came to be him. Pastor Matt was talking about that a while ago about the Holy Spirit and how he listens and how we speak and we, we say things. Well, Genesis 1 said he was, the Holy Spirit was brooding over the face of the deep. What was he waiting on? He was waiting on God to speak his vision so that he could cause God's word from his heart. Remember sight, physical sight is the function of your eyes, but vision comes from the heart. God spoke vision out of his heart. And when he did, the Holy Spirit was there. He heard those words. And when God said, light be, the Holy Spirit said, okay, light be. And light was. So as we begin to know the will of God, find the will of God for your life, you write an action plan. You don't wait till you get the resources to write the action plan. You go first and do it. You dream a little bit. You go look at things you can't afford. You go look at homes you can't buy. If you desire a new home, look at a home that you can't afford. Go to places that, that inspire you. I don't have that kind of money. See, there, there we go again. Sight is the function of the eyes, but vision is of, of, of the heart. Amen. Amen. So our, our, our resource comes from our source, and our source is Jehovah Jireh, 
the Lord God, your provider. Some people say, well, I got a house and I can't sell it. <clears throat> well, you never will talking like that. When you say this house won't sell, guess what? It's not selling. You're going to have to tell that house that it has a new buyer, that it'll have a new occupant. That someone's going to like the way that your, your bricks are stacked and how those cabinets hang on the wall. <clears throat> you know, you don't need 10,000 people to buy your car or your house. Can't only one, but one person might. Amen. Surely there's one person out of seven billion people who buy who could buy one home. Amen. Right? You gotta have a vision for it. And then you gotta go under by faith, you gotta go step out. And I'm not saying get in debt. That is not what I'm saying. I'm not saying I'm not saying write checks. I'm saying go visit. I mean, in my twenties, I used to go to dealerships and just dream build. I remember sitting in a uh, went to a, a Jaguar. I guess the, pronounce, uh, the way you actually pronounce that is Jaguar. But uh, I'm going to go with Jaguar. So, you know, this car back then is $60,000, $70,000 for a car. For a car. Well, I was living in a used mobile home. Amen. Very, very, did I say used? That's a kind word. Very used. And here I'm, you know, and uh, the salesman didn't. Uh, want me to, but I, but I sat down in it. And man, you, until you smell the leather of a brand new Jaguar, you, have a, you, you, you just haven't smelled leather yet. Amen. So I'd stand by the car and have pictures taken with and I just put it on the wall. And I thought, wow, man, that'd be nice to have my own Jaguar. Amen. You said, well, did you ever buy one? No. I mean, I, I never have yet. I'm not saying I've even thought about it that, that often. But what I was doing, I was opening up the possibilities of my thinking. Amen. Amen. You know, uh, Mike Murdoch says, God has a, a big plan. God has a big picture. You know, sometimes we, we, we have a picture and we put it in a frame. And you can get different size frames. And Mike Murdoch said, it's hard to fit 11 by 14 picture. In a three by five mind, <laughs> you know, you have to try to cram that picture in there. It just, just won't work. So God has trouble getting resources to us sometimes because our mind is closed. We want it. We desire it. We believe God can, but we can't see God do it. So we do without. And God doesn't want us to do without. Amen. You should never pray about Anything being God's will that he's already promised you in his word for. Amen. Never pray for healing. Because he's already, he's, already, he's already provided healing. Yes. Just begin to thank him that you're healed and declare that your body's healed. Amen. Your body has ears to hear. If fig trees can hear and storms can hear and you know, withered arms can hear, everything has ears to hear. So we speak it for so Proverbs 16, 1 says, To man belongs the plans of the heart, but for the Lord comes the reply of the tongue. So God, I believe, is saying in effect, I think this is what God's saying out of that verse. This is how I put it. I give you the vision. Now you put it on paper. Remember Habakkuk said, write it down. There's a power of writing a vision down. Amen. Well, I don't know what good that would do. Well, how about God said do it? Can, can we just go there and stop? Well, I just don't really understand. Well, there's a lot of things you don't understand. A lot of things I don't understand. But they are. I don't understand how gravity works. But it does. Well, I don't believe in gravity. Well, I can make you believe in a little while, but you may not be around long. We take you to a tall mountain or a tall building and jump off and You'll be a believer on the way down until you're going to be with the Lord and say, I, I believe in your gravity. It worked. <laughs> well, so God's saying, in effect, I gave you the vision. I need you to put it on paper. I need you to write down the vision on paper. And then I'll work out the details. See, to man belongs the plans of the heart, but from the Lord comes the reply of the tongue. I gave you the vision. I need you to put an action plan, and then I will work out the details.
So in his heart, a man plans his course, but the Lord determines his steps. If you don't have a plan, God has nothing to direct. You see, we, we, until decision is a place of power. Say that with me. Decision, decision. is the place of power. See, it, uh, when you don't decide, you're still deciding. Indecision is still decision. So take a ship, for instance. What's a ship? It's a vessel to transport. Maybe people, maybe a freight liner, but a ship is a vessel for movement, for progress on, on the water, on the oceans. And it has to have a few things for it to be successful. Every ship needs a, some form of a compass, doesn't it? And uh, it, it needs a rudder. A boat needs a rudder. A little aluminum job needs a rudder. I guess. Maybe not. I don't know. I guess if you got the little 25 Evan Rube, maybe that's... Well, I still got a rudder on it, don't it? Every, everything has to have a rudder if you're going to be on the water. But a ship, as large as a ship is, uh, a cruise liner still has, still has a rudder. But to get... For the captain to get that ship to his proper destination, he has to have a compass to navigate with, and he has to have a rudder, and he has to have a way to steer. Hmm? So a ship then has to be given a specific course, which is a plan uh, by the captain so that it can arrive at the proper destination. So what, what's the three things necessary for the ship? Well, it's the, uh, the compass, the rudder, and the plan. Would you agree with that? Very necessary. So just because it has a compass and a rudder doesn't mean that ship's going anywhere, does it? It can have all those things, a compass, a rudder, but it doesn't mean it's going to have a successful destination. Unless the captain is steering the ship, it will never reach its destination. And I think a lot of times people in life are ready to take a clear sailing somewhere. They're ready for takeoff. Now if, you, if you just picked up your phone and called a friend and just say, hey, I'd just like to talk with you and get with you. We ought to get together. Well, let's do it. Well, where, where do you want to meet? Oh, just anywhere. What, well, what time do you want to meet? Oh, just any time, any day. I'd like to meet with you. That sounds good. Bye. Now, unless they're in a two-man town, the odds aren't very good they're going to meet up, are they? Because there's nothing clearly defined. There's nothing specific here. There's no direction to move. There's no action plan put in place. Every vision from God has specific instructions. It does have steps. You know, and we can't go to step eight when we haven't done step one. But we have to have an action plan. The reason why things aren't happening for most people is because they have they don't they don't know the will, and they don't have a they don't have a they don't have the vision. Or if they have the vision, they haven't developed an action plan. And they're not, or they're not moving in that, in that direction. They're waiting for all the resources to happen. And God's already provided all the resources. But you'll see the resources come to you as you move forward in the action plan. That's called faith. Faith is doing the Word of God. So... They, they don't read their destination. Uh, some people's lives are that way. They want, they want to go clear sailing, but they don't have a destination. And uh, most people fail to reach you know, their accomplishments or their hope for success. Uh, or you can say it this way. The reason why a lot of people fail in life is because they don't know what to succeed at. They fail in life because they don't know what to succeed at. Well, I'm just going to get and go to work and do the same thing over and over and over again and just hope for the best. Well, you're just in a rut. You're, you're in a routine. And, the, you know, the, the old, defin old definition of sanity is just keep on doing the same thing for year after year after year after year after year and just hope for a different outcome. Well, it doesn't work that way. 
You may have to get out of your routine. You may have to do something you never thought possible. You may have to uh, go back to school. You may have in your heart to start a business. You may have in your heart to, to be married, whatever it is. But you're going to have to put an action plan together. Well, I'd like to meet someone. Well, do you ever get out? No, I just stay in my basement day and night. Well, <clears throat> you, you try to make it real impossible for the Lord? You, you, need, you need an action plan. Amen. So ask yourself, what is God's will for me? Ask yourself, self, where am I going? And once you learn God's purpose, when you ask those questions and you learn God's purpose, you can start planning effectively for it. Then when you do that, you find out you can become focused. Can't focus on anything until it's been clearly defined. Every builder understands this very easily in, in, in their profession because they, they build from a blueprint. Now, the people don't want to end up with a blueprint. They want to build up with a, they want to end up with a structure, the home, the building, right? They don't get as, you know, people don't get as excited about blueprints. But if they want to enjoy that new home, that new building, they're going to have to have an architect come and they're going to have to have some plans put together. And a skilled craftsman will take those blueprints and he knows exactly what to do. He knows what the next step is and the next step and the next step. And as you turned over every sheet of that architectural plan, it's the next phase and it's the next phase and the next phase. So it may be two, three, four, five, six, eight months before you move in, but at the end, they're going to hand you a key. Oh, and, and a bill, by the way. <laughs> and, uh, but here's the deal. It started off with an idea. It started off with a dream. It started off with something revelatory. The next thing it took on, it took on some form of action. It took steps. It was something that you had to write down. Harvard did a study years ago. Many schools have done this. And they studied their, graduate, uh, their graduating classes for 20 years. And Harvard's own, this is the, their own statistics. They, they said that out of 20 years of people that came to Harvard, um, 3% of, the, uh, of their students wrote their plans, their goals, and their visions down. And they went back to visit uh, all the people that they could find in 20 years. And they said the same people that succeeded the most was the same 3% that wrote them down. Something to that God must know. He said, write the vision down. Job 22, 28 says, you shall decide and decree a thing and it'll be established. You got to make a decision and decreeing is speaking and it's also writing down. So if you have in your heart for a home, you ought to look at some home plans. If you have a vision for your heart of that, you ought to go look at some homes. You say, I, I, we don't have any money. That's, you're, you're getting on, on, in the wrong step. Well, I'm waiting on God. No, you think you're waiting on God. You're not waiting on God. God's waiting on you. See, it, it, it is the plan of God that you have a nice place. I, I, you know, nice place, that, that's kind of hard to say what that is. Based on each individual and, and where we live in the world. You know, what, what I think a nice place, you know, to a, a multi-billionaire may not be the same thing. But I'm talking about a home that you like, that, that you're pleased with, that you enjoy. You know, even, even God told Israel, he said, I, I'm going to send you to a good land, a blessed land. He said, it, it, he says, it, it already has fruit trees. It already has wells that are dug. He said, it has goodly houses. So God wants you to have, according to Deuteronomy, He wants you to have a goodly house. Does He not? And I believe He wants you to have a paid-for house. Anybody in on that? Paid for. Hallelujah. Where you own it. Hallelujah. That's the plan of God. So get started with vision. It gets started with writing it down. Then it starts with an action plan. For everyone, that'll be different. And uh, whatever the action plan is. In other words, you should take as much action as you can in that 
dream, that vision, as you can today. When Nora Roberts built uh, the university the, uh, in Tulsa, Oklahoma, all he had was $40. And God said, build me a university where people will come and study the Word of God and go all over the world as missionaries. So God said, build a university, and Oral Roberts had $40. Now, <clears throat> I don't know how thrifty, thrifty can be you know, to build an entire campus, a university with $40, but here's what he did. They said, well, what did you do, Or He said, well, we had the land, had some of it. So I went out on the land, and after I'd been praying it, I began, God began to show me the buildings, what they would look like. And where they would be. So he said, I got a few, borrowed some. He said, I, well, I didn't borrow. He said, someone gave me some O2 befores. He said, then what I did is I went and bought $40 worth of string. And he said, I took them two befores and cut wedges out of them and drove them as stakes in the ground. And then I put a string around and said, this will be the building. This is where the, the students will live. And this is where the faculty offices will be. And he, he laid out in an open field, what it would look like if he had the money and all he had was $40 to put a stake in the ground and to put a string around it as if it were the walls. When Andrew Womack was building a steel building in Colorado Springs, he did the same thing. He put down stakes. And he put down like the, the, the I guess uh, I saw the, like the yellow tape like the, what they use for caution. And he said, this is going to be our new building here. And this is going to be the so-and-so office. And over here, this is going to be this office. And in this room over here, we're going to do this. And so he, uh, <clears throat> so he, he, he put, then he, uh, he, uh, he put, he took spray paint and, and sprayed the grass of what this office was going to be like. And people would be walking through it and walk through the grass. He's, and Andrew Womack would say, stop that. They says, well, what is it? He says, don't walk across my wall. He said, you don't have a spirit body yet. He said, that's a vision. Now you go through the door. But Brother Andrew, this is just grass and paint. He said, it's a building. God's given us this building. So he laid it out on the grass with nothing but string, some two-by-fours, and some spray paint on the grass. To him, it was the building God gave him. That building exists today, debt-free. He had no idea where the money would come from. Amen. Amen. This works for anyone, anywhere. Don't put your faith in people. Don't put your faith in other people's nations. God's going to use people around the world. God will use other nations. But, our, but God is our source. God is our supply. We don't look to men. We thank men for what they do. We're, we're thankful and we're grateful for how they help us and how they bless us. But our thanksgiving goes unto God. God gets the glory. God gets all the credit. So vision, and we'll finish this morning with this, vision is the capacity to see things as they can be and not as they are. Vision is a photograph of the future today. And this requires the faith. And there's four places in the Bible we read one of them, Habakkuk. It says, the just shall live by faith. Once again, sight is the function of the eyes, but vision is the function of the heart. So faith is seeing the future at the present. And 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, we walk by faith and not by sight. Just got a few closing remarks this morning. We've already said it, but I just want to emphasize this about understanding the main thing about vision. Vision has to be specific. Has to be specific. Once again, people fail many times in life because they don't know what to succeed in. The vision is clear. It's not gray. It's not a gray zone. It's a clear, detailed vision. People many times live in the gray zone. 
They're not quite sure, as Brother Matt was saying, who they are. They're not quite sure what they're about. They're not quite sure what they're doing. They are indecisive. And because of that, they're miserable. The scripture refers to them in James 1.8 when it says a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. A what? A double-minded man is what? Unstable in all of his ways. And goes on to say, don't let that man who's double-minded think he shall receive anything from the Lord. So indecisiveness comes into all the areas of our life. So when you're indecisive, you keep running around. You keep going around and around the bush, but you're not headed anywhere. But we need to allow God to place vision in our hearts and then be, ter- be determined to stay focused on that vision. You ought to keep it in front of you at all times. I said this before, and I'll say it again, just a good illustration. A lot of times we go places or we visit people or we go on vacation. We go to places that we've never been before with our family and friends. We take photographs. So we have them for memories. Then we go back sometime. And how many of you ever went back to your photographs and, and you saw where, you know, maybe it's just the, the, the photo album of your family. You, you look back when you was, you know, real young or in school, you know, back when you had hair and everything. <laughs> when you was half the person you used to be. <laughs> Well, just kidding about that. Anyway, just, but we, we look at our photographs and we go, but we go back to the memories that we go back to vacations that we took and trips that we spent with time together. And these are memories of the past. How many, how many have some of those pictures like that? And you have photographs. How many have some on your walls of your family in different places that you've been with them? Do you have any photographs in your, in your, in your house of where you're going? You put up photographs of where you've been. Why don't you have some where you're going? See, is vision backwards or forwards? It's always forwards. Write the vision so you can run backwards? No. Write the vision so you can go forward. So we cherish those, those pictures. Some of our family, parents, grandparents, many of them have, le- have left, passed, but we go back and we're... It brings happy times to us. Maybe some, maybe sometimes with tears. But it's, it's, it's precious memories when you go back and you saw things that you did and was able to do. It's because you caught it in a picture. And then you remember it. Then you start telling the story. Oh, we was here. And, and you tell them, you know, <clears throat> like I was talking about last week, you know, about going to Smoky Mountain. Say everything. We did everything but saw a bear. In just a few minutes, we saw a bear, and he was right down, right downtown Gatlinburg, Tennessee, and he was running in one old hotel room. They were, uh, uh, huh? Yeah, yeah. Remodeling every room, and every door was open, and, and uh, the, I don't know why the lights was on. It was night, but he was going in one room and out the other. One room. And I don't know if he was looking for someone to eat or something to eat. And I was telling people who just walking by, "Run! There's a bear!" And they're like, "Yeah, well, yeah, whatever." So I threw the bear a pizza. We had a big old pizza. We, we just left him the pizza place, and I threw him a couple of pieces of big pizza, hoping he would eat that and not somebody. But no one would listen to me. So I just got back in the car and took off. Hope it turned out okay. Don't, don't, don't know what happened. But uh, it's kind of funny when you go back and look at the pictures. So we had the pictures of the past on our wall. Why don't we have a wall of vision? Write the vision so that you can see it. Go look at house planes if you want a house. Go look at homes that you can't afford today. Well, it's not God's time. It's always God's time to be in vision. It's always God's time to be in vision. Amen? I didn't say buy something that you can't afford today. I said write the vision and a plan. I've never done anything in 25 years of ministry, but uh, I've only had two two. I guess you'd just call them, what? I don't know. I had <clears throat> one we were going to, I think we were going to remodel something or build something. 
And uh, there's only two things that I've ever done in 25 years of ministry that I already had the finances to do them before we did them. Only two times. The rest of the time, we had to start where we were and say, we're going to go from here to here. We're going to start doing this from here to here. I remember when we remodeled the the former church. Um, We moved in there, and I paid the first month's lease. And we had $100 left. That's all the church had. That's it. $100. $100. We had 10 acres and 8,000 square feet and every bit of it needed remodeling and we had $100. And uh told this story, but for those who never heard it, <clears throat> we were all excited about it. So <clears throat> everyone asked me, said, we're going to have a work date? And I said, yeah. And I was like, I don't know what we're going to, I don't know what we're going to do. Because, I mean, I, I knew we had $100. And they said, well, <clears throat> we need to do this in the building. We need to do that in the building. They said, well, you want to, how about the, the lady said, you want us to make lunch? And I said, why don't you make breakfast? They said, well, I said, I don't know if we'll be here at lunch. <laughs> There's like 12, 14 men. And I don't know how long it's going to take us to get through $100 of resources. And, and I want them to eat. Let's, let's have breakfast. <laughs> We had no money, but in three months, I was given over and above the tithes and offerings $30,000 to put in that building and had no idea where it would ever come from, not, not even a penny of it. All I had was a dream and a vision and a word from God, a will from God, and when I did, I made an action plan, that's 16-1, and, the pl- and God gives us the vision, but man makes the plan, but then the Lord directs your steps. That's where it starts. Well, we'll pick up again here next week and go a little bit further than that. Hope that helped you. Hope that blessed you. Call you blessed. Happy 4th. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen.